Hello, hello, and welcome to a brand new episode of 20 and Trying. I am Charlotte. And I'm Peyton. This week, we spoke with Taylor Mead, the senior editor of Swoon at Odyssey, their romance and relationships vertical. Continuing with our month's theme of relationships and romance, us girls talked about dating in your 20s, Taylor's experience as a romance writer, and even the subject of tantric and aerial yoga came up in this week's episode. We also played a game with Taylor rating virtual date ideas. We hope you enjoy this episode and maybe get some fun Valentine's Day ideas or Galentine's Day. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing great. I'm so excited to be here. Oh my gosh. We are so excited to have you. How's everything going? Pretty good. We're getting it, you know, we're starting out just like the co-host thing. And I think that we're doing pretty well. So. Awesome. Are you, where, Peyton, where are you? Where do you live? Oh, I'm in, in Florida as well. Oh, just like a little out of Miami, like up okay. further. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So you, you guys are thriving at least weather-wise, hopefully. Yeah. I'm up here. We have like two feet of snow. <laughs> oh yeah. I've been hearing all of that. Like, I'm yeah, so jealous. Storms and stuff. I don't know. I think you would have been over it after like a couple hours. It's been like a solid 48 hours where we're like, okay, enough's enough. It just keeps coming down. I heard that like eight counties in New York were under a state of emergency. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I'm in Connecticut now. I've actually moved out of the city temporarily. Yeah, just because of the pandemic and working remote and everything. It's a little unpredictable. So I'm, I'm sure New York was hit pretty hard. Everything I'm seeing is like, but Connecticut, I know. We couldn't get out of our cars. We're like covered. Oh my gosh, Taylor. I'm so sorry to hear that. (laughs) No, it's okay. There are worse things. At least I was inside. (laughs) Wasn't up there doing anything. Right, exactly. Well, if you're ready, we can just jump right in. Sure, sounds perfect. All right. Well, we start every episode with our weekly optimism. So what is something that you are experiencing right now that you're either super excited about or something you think is going to be a positive experience? Yeah. Oh, I love this. Um, First of all, this podcast, I was so excited about all week leading up to it. I was really looking forward to it. So thank you so much. But I think more generally speaking, something that has been kind of on my heart the last few weeks, really, but even more so just the last year, kind of figuring out everything with the pandemic something I'm really optimistic about now is just what's next. I think through the last year, it's been kind of difficult to really look forward to what's to come because it's so unpredictable and you don't really know necessarily. So I think for me, having that flexibility and being able to feel like now I'm ready to kind of go with the flow and just kind of take things in stride and see what happens next is pretty exciting. And I think that's something that definitely comes with the new year and finishing out a rough beginning of the year and a tough last year. But yeah, I think that's what I'm most optimistic about is just seeing what kind of is is next, what doors will open. Exactly. I think for everyone, 2021 was kind of a new chapter. At least that's how I'm going into this year. Peyton, what about you? Um, Mine is honestly, I'm going to go with what Taylor said, the podcast. Like I am so optimistic about doing this like I feel like you know the first two episodes that I did do aired and like you know seeing how people are interacting with it and it's really keeping me busy and giving me something to look forward to especially now not having a job 
Like I am so happy I have something to do every single day. So um, yeah, so I'm happy for that. Love it. Yep, definitely the podcast. Uh, something, it's not huge, but it's making me excited. I'm redoing my resume and I just want to kind of throw out what like the standard thing that's kind of very boring and get a little bit more creative. So right before this, I was actually looking on Canva and there are so many options. So I'm really excited to make my resume a little bit more creative. It's something so small, but I'm excited. That's awesome. I also think it's important for it to be visually just interesting so that it stands out amongst other resumes too. So that's exciting. Good luck. Thank you. You're welcome. So Taylor, uh, you are the senior editor for the Odyssey and the Odyssey Swoon, which focuses on dating, romance, and relationships. So what is your favorite romance-related topic that relates to 20-somethings? Oh, that's such a good question. I think there are so many that are interesting. I think Right now, it's just the virtual dating aspect of everything, of course, that's most uh, being talked about. And I do think kind of navigating that experience. And even before the pandemic happened, virtual dating in the sense of just like online dating and dating apps and whether to slide into the DMs or not, whether (laughs) women can do that and how that's becoming something that's very empowering. I think those topics are awesome to kind of switch these, you know, ideas that we have about what's supposed to happen in dating and really kind of taking control of our own love lives. I love that. And I think that's, it's especially fun for me to be do, talking about those things with college age students because they're really in it right now um, and experiencing that on campus and how that affects just dating on campus and things like that. So it's been really fun. Uh, I also love particularly like the advice column that we do. That's been really awesome as well because I do love seeing the similarities between everyone's story. I think dating and relationship are something that almost everyone can relate to in some way, even if whether they're single in a relationship, dating, no matter what it is, like we all have some idea of what it is. So it's kind of just this universal thing that when we start talking about it, we can all relate to. And I think that that's really powerful. And it's, it's interesting to see how so many dilemmas when it comes to dating are all the same and it's not one-sided. Everyone's experiencing them and, you know, guys and girls alike, you know, whoever it is, it's just really fun and interesting. And I think it's something that the more we are openly talking about it, the easier it could be to navigate, especially in these, you know, kind of unpredictable times. I agree completely. I think that especially being in your twenties, you kind of feel like you're doing it all alone and you're really not. When you start opening a dialogue and you hear other situations, you're kind of like, wow, you know, we are really all going through this as a collective. And the more that we talk about it, the, you know, better we feel. Absolutely. And I also think with social media, I'm, you guys can probably relate. Mm-hmm. This. There are only certain things that you see on social. A lot of them are engagements or people having children or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You yeah. only see part of what's the whole story. And I think it's so important to, to have these conversations so that it supplements the things we're seeing. So we're not like, oh my gosh, I'm so behind or, oh, I should be doing this. Like, I think this general idea that we should be a certain place just because other people are is something that needs to be kind of tossed out the window because not everyone is doing the same thing. There's no right way to date. There's no you know wrong way to go about things. And I think that's definitely important. So I love, you know, having conversations like this to make it more normal to <laughs> feel like you're not necessarily 
where you might want to be, there are other people in the same boat, I guess. I love how you bring up social media mm-hmm. because no one is going to post a photo. I don't even know how you would post a photo of like, I'm in this talking phase with this guy, but I never got out of the talking phase. And no one's, there is not a social media picture for that. There's right. a picture for an engagement. So unless you're actively searching for content like that, you won't find it to make yourself feel a little less alone in this like weird, I guess, talking phase that exists mm-hmm. now, which I feel like people get stuck in forever. Mm-hmm. It's so true. And it's also like these social media platforms are all visual. So even if you do write a thoughtful caption that, you know, talks about these things, doesn't necessarily mean that the people who need to read it are reading it. You know, they're scrolling and looking at pictures. So the things you're absorbing aren't necessarily the words, but the images. And that does definitely have an impact for sure. So then when you write about romance, where does your inspiration come from? It's a mix. A lot of it does come from my personal life, although I try not to use like personal anecdotes in my pieces, but they are, my life does inspire a lot of topics because I, I realize that if I'm going through something, chances are very high that others are as well. So writing about topics that are inspired from your own life, even if you don't use specific anecdotes, like I said, is really important, but also just in terms of what people are searching. I mean, there are topics and I just received an email earlier about how like the most searched for thing in dating is like how to slide into someone's DMs. Like that's currently the most things like that. People are actually looking for answers for on the internet. And so try to take some of obviously my personal experience, but additionally, just think what people really want to know and what they're looking for at this time. Um, So it's a bit of a mix for sure. Also just like what friends are going through, even if I'm not going through the conversations I'm having with friends and family, that as well is also definitely where I get some inspiration. So we all have different stories. It's just a matter of figuring out ways to tell them more others can relate. That's so beautiful. I love that. I really love that. And like, it is all about, you know, you have to relate to one another. And I think you know, like I said before, opening that dialogue and like, you know, knowing different people who are going through things. I remember I wrote very briefly for her campus and I I wrote an open letter to my best friends because three of them were going through breakups at the time. And I was just watching that unfold and they were my roommates as well. So it was like, you know, it was hard to see that. It was really sad. And I remember I wrote a letter to them and it was just so like cathartic to Mm -hmm. just be able to tell you like, this is, I care about you and I know what you're going through. And I feel like, you know, most of us girls feel the same way. So. Yeah, absolutely. Words definitely Um, have power both ways. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. For sure. So I know you mentioned advice that you like to give, but um, what's your favorite like romance based topic that you like to write about? Can you be more specific? I feel like that's big. Is there a specific, I mean, romance based topic? There's just so much to it that I don't know if I could choose just one. Written or edited? Any story that I've. (laughs) Do you have a favorite story you've ever written? I don't know if there's one that comes to mind. Charlotte, you did a recent piece that <laughs> I'm, I'm going to bring this back to Charlotte. Put her on the spot. <laughs> that, was, that was actually the first one that comes to mind is that that I thought was really neat because I like the survey style pieces mm-hmm. where you get other people's opinions and it's not just like this is what's happening. Uh, but Charlotte recently did one 
about going on first dates with masks, where like wearing a mask on a first date and whether you'd feel comfortable doing that. And I thought that was such an interesting piece just because you got to see whether people are actually dating and doing so safely during a pandemic or if they're opting out of dating because they don't feel comfortable, you know, seeing people during a pandemic or wearing a mask. And I think that was a really interesting piece that was timely and also just one that really talked about a concern so many people have. I don't know if you wanted to mention anything about your findings in that, Charlotte. Well, something I think we didn't even consider when we wrote this, and well, when I, I wrote it, you edited it. I was thinking like, okay, do you wear a mask on a first date? Do you not? And thinking about the safety. But I also think for those people going on a first date, a mask gives women a sense of power. Because let's say you just don't like a guy, but you don't want to hurt his feelings. And the end of the date is like super awkward because it's like, well, is he expecting like a goodbye kiss? What's going on? A mask gives women that sense of control. And it all it's also like, well, it's a pandemic. So super nice to see you, meet you, but I also want to be safe so it can go both ways. I didn't think about that when writing it, but it was something that I have heard friends going through, and I think it's a very important concept as well. Yeah, there's so many more layers to the actual act of wearing a mask on a date than, you know, just safety. Obviously, that is very important, but there are so many other things, like you're saying, whether it's just comfortability with a new person or being able to feel like you can say, I don't want to kiss right now, or I don't want you to please stay six feet away. Like. Right. <laughs> Whatever, exactly. whatever it may be, it's, it definitely adds something, which I hadn't even thought of either before that. That's interesting. That's a whole other, you know, dynamic in part to a date now. Yeah. And I couldn't even imagine, you know, going through that. It's just like, what to even think, you know? Ooh, right. I don't know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's another, another reason this year shouldn't count, right? Like, I just want to <laughs> write it off. <laughs> yeah. Never happened. Never <laughs> happened. Well... We started implementing games for this theme. So with Valentine's Day coming up, virtual dates are probably going to be a big thing because of just the current state of the world. So we're going to bring up some virtual dates and you're going to rate them either boring or brilliant. Love it. (laughs) Love that. This one, this game's brilliant. <laughs> oh, yes. Literally just like one day I was like, what can we do to tailor that'll be like also a game? Because we played a game with our um, last guest and I was like, that was really cute. And I'm like, what's something that we could talk about? Chart was like vir- virtual dates. And I was like, oh, which ones are like boring or which ones are like brilliant? And I had so much fun. We had so much fun writing this up. So I'm so excited. Oh my God. Okay. I'm excited. We love the alliteration. <laughs> <laughs> So the first one, we've all played this game at least once in our life, but what about a good old fashioned game of 20 questions? So it has to be boring or brilliant, not yep. nothing in between. Okay. I, I, you can also say your thoughts, like depending on the state of the relationship. Yeah, I think it's fun. I think if it's a new relationship, it's, it, that's a fun way to get to know someone that feel, doesn't feel like pressure. It's just more fun and, you know, asking questions. So I'd say brilliant for new relationships. I agree. I think that that would be really fun, like a fun way to get to know each other. Yeah. And you know, if you add a little like 20 question drinking game, I'm down. I'd be extra brilliant. (laughs) brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) 
So sometimes the way to a partner's heart is through their stomach. How about cooking a meal together apart? I think that's, yeah, I think that's fun. I'm all for, so brilliant, I would say. I'm all for some creativity. If someone comes to me with a, a creative idea, especially if it's virtually, I'm like impressed. So definitely, I love that. Yeah, I also hope if people are going on virtual dates, like there's still effort that goes involved. It's not like, let's just FaceTime and see where it goes. That Exactly, that creativity feels like there's more effort behind it. I do think that that could be also for any level of relationship, which is nice. Mm -hmm. True. So we've all been binging a lot of TV shows. So what about watching a new show or a favorite movie or something like that together on Netflix party? Boring or brilliant? I think that one is boring for Valentine's Day. I don't, I think that maybe any other time that could be fun, but for Valentine's Day, we need to step it up. We don't need to like kick it on Netflix. I agree. No Netflix yeah. and chill. <laughs> Come, on. Netflix. Come on, guys, you better. <laughs> um, okay, so a lot of travel plans, you know, have been postponed this year. That doesn't necessarily mean that the exploration and culture has to stop. Some museums and art galleries have remote audio and virtual tours for you and your day to take. Is that boring or brilliant? Ooh, I actually didn't know that. That sounds fun. I think that's brilliant. I love that. I think it's one of those things that's creative. I wouldn't have thought of that. And if someone suggested that, I would be like, let's do it. Love it. I yeah. found, like, I saw an article about, they were like, tour the Louvre in your pajamas because you can do like a virtual, yeah, tour. And then some other ones have audio tours. When I was doing the research for this, I was like, that is so cool. I Screw like, Valentine's Day. I want to do that, like. <laughs> I'm doing that alone. By myself. Yeah, you can do it by yourself. <laughs> Valentine's Day is still a thing. <laughs> Ladies, you can have yeah. your own. Absolutely. I'm for that. I might actually do that. Also thinking about all the people who have waited in line for the, for the Louvre and are now like able to experience it virtually. And the Louvre like takes days and days like to yeah. get through. They say it would take, I forget what, I was there. I forget what the tour guide said, but it would literally take days to see every single piece of art in there. So like you yeah. really could just, it's great doing it virtually because you could see everything that you wouldn't see in a normal tour. Love that. Love that one. That's also brilliant. like doesn't ruin the museum experience because one of the worst dates I was ever on, he was like, Oh, do you want to go to the Met? And that part of me was like, Oh my God, yes, of course I want to go. And the other part was like, Oh my gosh, what happens if it's really bad? And then my experience with the Met isn't wait, was it yeah, it was the Met. Worst date ever. Oh, the no. guy was an really? ass so bad and he was like zipping through the museum and I was like what? also this is like now a telltale sign that I use we were in the elevator and like someone was like hold the elevator and he pushed clothes and I was like that's it you're a dick I'm done oh, oh, no. oh my god wow I can't so that ruin the Met <laughs> I'm gonna always do that when I go there thank you Charlotte <laughs> no, I'm joking, you're like, welcome wow no more gossip. I'm not thinking of gossip girl anymore when I think of that. I'm thinking about that guy being horrible to other people. That's I know, so when mean. I'm in that, that's gonna be. I'm gonna think so about. I need to go again when the world opens or experience a virtual tour to like cleanse my palate. Yep. Right. Reset. Well, I propose a Valentine's Day. The three of us, the Met, audio or virtual. Let's Love do it. it. Done. I'm down. We're gonna reset. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, we all have our theories that you are dating someone with a compatible zodiac sign. 
How about reading each other horoscope traits in order to test the compatibility between both you and your partner? Boring or brilliant? I'm going to go with boring. I personally would not love that. Like if I had to sit through that, I don't think I would. Like I don't, I don't need it to be like an interview style date. Right. You know, I don't want to like, well, if we're not compatible, we'll know just based off of like how we talk and what we can speak about and connect on. I don't need to like analyze the traits. Right. <laughs> And I'm going to get your co-star anyway, and then I'll just do it on my own. Like, I don't need to talk about it to your face. Co-star is brutal. It will brutal. call you out. Co-star is like, get off your ass and do something, okay? Like, you are not worth anything. I'm like, okay, thank you. I don't need you to tell me that. I know it already. Now. So, okay, how about this? This is our last one. Um, reaching a level of Zen is hard to do, but you could try with virtual yoga, boring or brilliant. I think it's brilliant for any other time. I don't think that's really a Valentine's day vibe for me. I don't know. I want it to be fun and exciting and just like have a good time, be able to talk. I feel like I wouldn't be able to to calm myself on Valentine's day if we're just like, and I also, I guess that also depends on how far along in a relationship you are. I think it could be fun if, maybe you're, you know, a couple of years in or you've been together for a while, but new relationships. I don't think yoga Valentine's day, like first Valentine's day together. I don't think yoga would be the answer. Yeah, for me. I agree. I totally agree. I feel yeah. like I don't want somebody to see me that like, especially like the first date, like we're not going to be. Yes. Yeah. Hello. Great to meet you. I'm not coordinated yeah. enough Love for yoga oh, no, to look, for have it look like a... good. <laughs> oh, yoga pose? I... Doggy, oh dog. Dog. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, the downy yeah, dog. Well, well, you're in the mix up, right? Oh my god! I was like, nice to meet you, doggies. <laughs> downward dog is what I meant. Oh my god! At least this is a relationship episode. Otherwise, that would be so. <laughs> but it all works. <laughs> there yoga was for some people. Who knows? But, um... <laughs> well, yes. Okay, so. I don't watch The Bachelor. I don't watch The Bachelorette. I don't have the patience to see like all this drama <laughs> unfold over a season. Just can't do it. But during the pandemic, they made like the greatest seasons ever. I could do that because it was like a whole season in an hour. Yeah. I think it was, maybe it was Caitlin or JoJo. You could tell how invested I was. But <laughs> it was like tantric yoga. I can't remember what see I've watched so many seasons. I mean, I am a bachelor. <laughs> I love it so much. I'm like a bachelor fan, but I can't remember which season it was. I don't remember, but that would be a good date if you're quarantining together. Yes. Yes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I did I did aerial yoga once. My friend and I had a group on. I was not coordinated enough for that. That was like some Cirque du Soleil stuff. I was like, what is going on? You had to like hanging from the ceiling, jumping. And I was like, do I look like I'm coordinated enough? And I think that we accidentally didn't go to the beginner one. We went to like the intermediate one. That would do it. It was frightening. I was like, I will never do this again. I'm sorry. It was like a three class thing. I went to one and I was like, you can just keep my money. It's fine. Take it as a donation. Like, no, thank you. (laughs) It was horrible. I was so scared. But the group on that that would actually be, I'm sure there are like cooking classes and things on Groupon that you could do virtually on a Valentine's Day date. That would be yeah, really fun. 
Maybe there are a lot of yoga fun, I, but <laughs> right. There are a lot of ideas. Like definitely if anybody listening needs to find or have an idea for a date, like Google it. When doing the research for this, there were so many. It was hard to come up with like boring ones because there were so many like cool ones. Some yeah. of them were a little out there, a little wacky, like painting weird like stuff together. I don't know. We're sending each other things. I don't know. But um, <laughs> there were some really cool like virtual like cooking classes or like drawing classes and stuff like that, that could be really cool and interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Anyone who's going to do something that, that is that out there, I really hope they're living together and they can do it together. Like yes, right. under the same roof, you know? Yeah, for sure. If somebody was going on a first date, let's say for, for Valentine's day, what do you think the best type of date or like activity? Like what would you recommend Taylor? Virtually? I love the, you know, truth or not truth or well, you could do truth or dare. Honestly, you yeah. can do some truth or dare, but I like the 20 questions idea of like getting to know each other with not a lot of pressure. I think you can kind of mix it up and do more than one of those suggestions as well. Like you can make dinner and then do 20 questions while you eat, or you could just, if you don't want it to be like, as long as cooking dinner together, you could just make sure you both have a meal prepped before you chat and then have it be like, you can just eat together instead of cooking together if it's a first date. I also like, I think for first dates, you want it to be something that you can have conversation for. I, so that's why I don't necessarily like the Netflix or the movie. You can't really speak. It's just sitting there in silence together. I also, even in person dates, like when there's no pandemic, like I would never say go to the movies for a first date because what do you get to know about that person? Oh, dialogue, right. Exactly. Yes. So I think whatever activity you decide on should be really based off of, can we talk during this? Would it be easy? Like yoga would make it very difficult to chat and learn, you know, that's an awkward first date. So for me, anything virtually that you can really make sure you're getting to know each other is key. And it's fun. It doesn't have to be serious either. It can be playful, truth or dare, just chatting and eating dinner uh, is fun. Yeah. I love a good dinner date. I Exactly. Yeah. I think that's honestly, that's just the go-to, especially for first dates. It's just how you get to know someone. It's just great. Well, thank you for playing our little game. Of course. That was so I hope fun. you liked it. Loved it. Um, Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> so then when you go on dates personally, what is the reaction you get when people find out that you are a relationship writer <laughs> and romance writer? Oh my gosh. So funny. I actually wrote an article about this because I don't normally write about, like I said, I don't normally write about my personal life, but. I do if it's a general overview, because when I do go out on dates, the first thing I get when they hear that I'm a dating and relationships editor or writer is like, oh, are you going to write about me? Like, oh, are you taking notes? Like, I'm like, oh, yeah, God. I'm jotting down some notes. Let me run to the bathroom and just like make sure I got this. Like, that's <laughs> right oh. under the table. You can't even see it. I'm exactly. staring at you and I'm typing. <laughs> talking. Keep, keep going. Finish that thought. I'm like typing the note on my phone. <laughs> But that's always the, I'm like, they're like, oh, you're an expert. Oh, so you, so you know a lot about this. And I'm like, I mean, I'm dating just like you are. I'm single. I'm trying to navigate this. Like, I'm not an expert by any means, but they definitely, that's their initial reaction is like, ooh, don't write about me. Like, ooh, you know, it's like, okay. Don't do anything wrong and yeah, you'll be fine. Like, exactly. Like, don't give me anything to write about. <laughs> don't <Exactly>. inspire me. <laughs> yeah, I am definitely not as good as that. And I've gotten in trouble before because I've written some things and people have gotten heard about it. And it also taught me to be a little bit more careful because, you know, like I said earlier, words have power both ways. It's yeah. also super random when they'll find it randomly 
And I'm like, whoa. Yeah, exactly. I think when it comes to writing about your personal life and your relationships, it's just about personal boundaries. Just for me specifically, I like to keep most things private and not necessarily in a way that I would never talk or discuss my dating life, but just in a way that like kind of allows some separation of things. (laughs) But if people feel comfortable writing about that, absolutely you should, as long as it's anonymous. Like Charlotte, if you feel comfortable writing about there's nothing wrong with it. And like, if they get offended, I'm sorry, it's anonymous. Like you're the only one who necessarily knows aside from my like girlfriends or friends that I've talked to about you, you're the only one who knows. So if you're offended by it, then that means you did something wrong. Oh yeah, absolutely. No names ever. And like your girlfriends already know after that first date they don't need like, an article to know <laughs> they already like they already know <laughs> I'm saving for I have a story I'm saving for we're gonna do an episode with like horror stories you know from like relationships and dates in your 20s and that person if they listen doubt that they will but they're gonna know it's about them because it's exactly. a big identifier but like we've been talking about this for years now yep. so like I mean it just happens and yeah I do agree with the boundaries though I, I like you know some people just don't like to share me personally I'm an open book so like I talk about almost everything but a lot of people you know it's kind of just professional and personal life and like even though you are a romance like writer it doesn't mean that you have to use every single experience as inspiration like you said you get inspiration from family members from friends so I think that that's really great yeah and I also think that that's not necessarily something that won't ever change you know like for me personally like right at this point in time, I've never, thankfully, knock on wood, experienced anything that I felt like I have to write about this, like this is awful or you know whatever it is, and where people will learn from it. But in time, if there was ever a moment where I thought this was something that I'm going through that other people could learn from, I would never hold back from that. You know, I think right. it just really depends on the experience for me. Um, so it's not necessarily a blanket I'll never write about or talk about my personal life. But just in general right now, I just haven't really felt compelled to write about any specific details. It makes a lot of sense. For sure. And so since you do obviously write about this and you know a lot about relationships, um, what are some stereotypes that you find with people in their 20s? Stereotypes in what way? Can you just be more Like relationship stereotypes. Yeah. So I think some of the things that first come to mind are you know, the games, a lot of people talk about how like everyone plays games, (laughs) everyone in their twenties is just playing games or looking for the next best thing, or, you know, constantly sliding into people's DMS or looking for people like, and I don't think not everyone is like that. I think it's something that as we experience bad things or go into bad relationships or have these negative experiences, we tend to be like, everyone's playing games. Nobody really wants to like settle down or nobody wants to be in a relationship, that type of thing that we're so often hearing. I do think that's easy to absorb, but I, that's not what it is for everybody or how it is for everybody. So I do think it's important to, even when it feels so exhausting and like it's hopeless, because that's how it can feel in dating apps, just kind of keeping an open mind and realizing that if you weed through some of the people who may not connect with you or, you know, feel genuine, you will find, you can find someone. I do think that that's, if that's what you want, of course, I mean, that's not to say everyone has to be looking for a relationship, but I do think that general stereotype of like playing games and people just looking for continuously looking for the next best thing or only out there to get action or whatever it is. There are people who want what you want. And if it's just to hook up, you will find those people. And if it's to get into a relationship, you'll find that too. So yeah, I think that general stereotype is one that is common and that we should just keep an open mind so that we're not too sucked into that. 
I can definitely see that, you know, and I think, you know, like you said, there are people out there for whatever you're looking for and it's just a waiting game in either, in either sense. Exactly. Exactly. Key is also just being honest. Absolutely. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> the problem I think that comes from a lot of the stereotypes that we do hear about people in their twenties who are dating is I don't necessarily believe everyone is communicating the way the best they can. And I think that does go back to just the idea of not wanting to say something to scare someone away. If you're being too honest too soon, are you saying too much? Like that type of thing. I always believe, and it's something that when writing advice for, you know, Odyssey, something like a very common theme is just communication. Every problem that's ever been like sent to me, I'm always like, have you tried talking about it first? Because most of the time it's like, well, then we haven't heard from him and yada, yada, this and this. And it's like, well, have you brought to his attention? Do they know it's a problem? Like, have you addressed this? <laughs> Did, have you explicitly said what it is you're looking for and what it is you want? Because if not, you can't really put the blame on the other person for not reading your mind. You know, I think communication is so huge in that. And I do think without that, there does become this cycle of stereotypes of people not feeling like everyone's playing games when I think a lot of times it just comes to things not being vocalized. You're not saying what you want necessarily. So you're not getting what you want. Communication is key. Absolutely. Absolutely. People say it and like something that's repeated all the time, but it's really so true. Everything you said, I agree with a thousand percent. It's so true. It really is. And it's, it's annoying that it's true because it's like one of those things where you hear it so much and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like, okay, that one's actually true. Yeah. (laughs) Well, the last question, which is how we close out every episode, what advice do you have for other 20 somethings who are making the most of this decade? And this can be any advice, not just relationship geared or centered. Okay. Um, So I think my biggest advice, and it's something I'm constantly reminding myself of, it's not necessarily something that everyone can really perfect, but, and I mentioned it briefly earlier, just like this idea of a timeline and what we're supposed to do and how society, you know, makes us believe we're supposed to hit certain milestones at a certain age. And if we're not, we're behind. I think it's important to kind of erase that from our minds. And it's, it's never a benefit to compare what we're doing to what others are doing. Your twenties are far too short to compare, uh, to compare your lives to everyone else. Uh, So I think of focusing on what makes you happy in all aspects of life and really going for it with everything you have, whether it be a relationship or career or whatever else, I think the worst case scenario is you get rejected or you get a heartache or you're, you're heartbroken, whatever it is. But from there, you can kind of reroute and go a different direction because you know that wasn't what was meant to be. I think sometimes the things we think we want aren't necessarily what we need. So getting those rejections and being heartbroken while in the moment are so difficult and hard to overcome. I think eventually we realize that that wasn't where we were supposed to be. There was a reason that it didn't work out. And I think it's really important to kind of pay close attention to those moments so that when we go to the next thing and we realize, okay, that's why that didn't work out for us. I think the redirection of life, it's just rejection and heartbreak. I think we hear about this often, but it's not necessarily the end of our, you know, this big plan we had, but it's just a redirection to bring us back on track to where we were supposed to go. And I think that that has helped me through a lot being like devastated about certain rejections, whether it be in relationships or jobs or whatever it is that 
bringing myself back to that reality and realizing I thought I really wanted that, but maybe X, Y, and Z was why I didn't get it. And this, it wasn't meant to be. You kind of stop looking at things through these like rose colored glasses and you realize you see them for what they are once you've kind of made it through. So I do think that that's important, not necessarily holding yourself to this timeline and being flexible and kind of going with the flow when things don't necessarily go the way you wanted them to. Beautiful. I agree. Beautiful. It's I'm especially sorry. Beautiful. pertinent right so now. So great. So great. That is like, wow. <laughs> you hit it. You, you got it, girl. That is great. I think that advice is just so pertinent right now because I know for me, for instance, like the countless job rejections that I'm getting, it's hard to remind myself, okay, this job wasn't meant for me for a reason, but now I just have to patiently wait for that reason to show itself. Mm -hmm. So true. And I think it's of course much more difficult when you're going through it to remind yourself of that. But once you kind of step back and because it's, it's natural for rejection and whether it be for jobs or relationships to hurt and to kind of take you aback and make you reconsider things for a minute. And, but I think at the end of the day, as long as you can recognize that there was a reason that in, of, in and of itself is really important. And it's a huge step in making sure you're, you continue to go and stay motivated. And I think as long as you can do that, that's huge. It does take time. And I, I'm constantly reminding myself of that with different things. So it's not something I'm ever like, oh, I'm unfazed by this rejection completely. Like it's natural to obviously feel that way, but you'll get there. And I'm excited for you. I can't wait to see what that job is for both of you. Thanks. Yeah, we'll see. I think, you know, we just keep reminding each other, like, this is like daily. I feel like me and Charlotte were always like, man, what's going on with this job thing? Like, why, why isn't this working out? And like, I've, you know, I have friends who are also in the same boat and I give them the advice is, you know, it's just, it's all in time you know, everybody's on their own timeline. And like, you know, even if you want something right now, like you said, like you might want this thing for like a really long time, but then like not getting it might open another door to something else that you don't even know that you want, or that can make like an even bigger impact on your life. And, you know, and I give that advice and then I'm like, well, why aren't I taking my own advice? But like, it's, you know, it's hard to come to that realization, but it really is like, you never know what's going to happen. And I believe, you know, you don't rule anything out. Absolutely. So true. See, the good thing about editing these episodes is that I always listen to them back and then I hear what was said and it's always the perfect reminder. I'm like, oh, right. Like I got to get out of this funk because of X, Y, and Z. So it's a nice little good self-help. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, and I'm happy. We've had such great, lovely ladies that have talked to us and given us great advice and you are just another one adding with your advice was amazing. So I'm very happy you got, you joined us today and you were able to talk about all stuff, relationship. I love this theme. I love that we're doing it this month. It's great. I love it too. And I'm so grateful that you guys thought of me to be a part of it. So thank you so much. Absolutely, Taylor. I had you in mind from the get-go when Peyton and I settled on this topic. I was like, I know exactly who I need to reach out to. And I know that I personally felt so comforted by the things that you said and also enjoyed playing your little game with you. And I know that our listeners will feel the same way. Oh, thank you so much. Thank 
Thank you so much for listening to 20 and Trying. To keep up with Taylor and to read some of her content, you can follow her on Instagram at Taylor A. Mead. And if you'd like a behind the scenes look and sneak peek at future episodes, make sure to follow us at 20andtrying.podcast on Instagram. If you liked this episode and would like to hear more, please like, share, and subscribe to 20 and Trying wherever you get your podcast. We'll see you next week.